at the moment that you just don't even know how to cry anymore and it's just been tough and for some reason is this numbness inside of you that you don't know what to do with, you don't know how to get rid of it and you don't know what to do next. That has been me for years. The other day the, the little kitty cat, just a little one, died and it was so sad. And just a couple of months ago my children's dog died from cancer and it was the best dog ever. My husband came to me just a couple of weeks ago and he looked at me and says, Barbara, what is it in you that you are not able to cry? You just cannot do it. I thought about all these scenes. I remember immigrating from Holland to the United States with just a little girl and my mother just crying and falling apart because I was leaving country to move to the United States of America and there was nothing. I remember seeing horrific things in the TV show about an Indonesian girl that they had taken all the organs and stole her and kidnapped her and then took all the organs and I could not cry. Do I feel? Yes. Am I emotional? Yes. Am I able to cry out? No. Was I even able to cry out to God? No. And that's what the show is today, how to cry out to God. Because it says in the word of God right here, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry for help before him came into his ears. There is something about us that when we pray and if we are not moved by that prayer, why should God be? So how is it that we are moved so God will move as well? And that is what today is about. I want to share with you the key things that I think will change your life as it has changed my life. Because when we take a grasp what I'm about to share with you, it changes everything. It changes how you look at life, it changes how you look at yourself, and it changes how you cry out to God and what it is that you can do to make a difference, to step out and to cry and to make a difference. Does it mean you have tears all the time? No. But it means that your heart and your mind get connected in a way to look up instead of out. So what is it that you can do? Well, just about a week ago, I went to a conference and I learned things in a way that I never thought I would, that completely went opposite as what I expected. I went to the worship service, to this conference of Iris Global with Heidi Baker, and the first worship was over an hour. And what I noticed in myself that there was no connection here and there was no connection here. I was, I was trying, I wanted it, but there was so much that has happened the week prior over and over and over again of all these distractions that you don't see, you don't know they're coming and you end up being pulled into it. I have a childcare at my home and I'm no longer ashamed of that. There was a child girl at my home and there was a child that had broken up with the head lice five times. During that morning, I received a call from home and I looked at the phone. There was an angry parent with the child that was not no longer and was told to leave the child care for the day because of head lice all over again. And there was a frustrated staff that was dealing with the situation. Not any of the other children wanted to have the head lice or the staff. And this was poured around on it. And I have all this stuff while I'm trying to be diplomatic with the parent. And I try to work with the staff. All during a conference. 
And I walk into the conference and everything was suited over. Do you think I was able to worship that moment? No. Guess how long it took me just to be able to get this and disconnected and to look up. It took me a day and a half. And while I am there, I see Heidi Baker crying at the stage out to the Father, connecting with Holy Spirit, not looking at the outside, but all looking at Him only. Not worried about what other people think, but the only connection is up. And it touched me. And yet, there was this numbness that stayed in the way. And again that night, I cried out. I said, Lord, how do I connect? How do I cry out? What is it that I need to do to make you number one and not get distracted? The next day happens. And while we're there, that night, Heidi Baker speaks again. Now I'm able to tune in completely, not worry about anything else, and stay completely focused. And while I am there... The strangest thing happened. There is two hours of worship taking place now. And during this worship, it gets all of a sudden quiet. There are thousands and thousands of people. Heidi Baker doesn't get on stage, but she is crying. Just between crying, focusing on the stage with her back towards us. She doesn't even get on and is on her knees, crying, laughing. And for the next two hours, there was the shortest message I ever heard between cries and between laughing. And at that moment, a thought came to my mind saying, you just booked an extra hotel night. What a waste of time. You are such a busy person. And Heidi invited people. She says, the conference is over. Go home. She said this at least five times. Nobody went home. Nobody took off. Everybody stayed and stayed and stayed. And finally, between gasps of crying, she gets out some crazy weird story that made no sense at all. And while she's crying, and she says, while I was in Mozambique, it was easier to talk to a witch doctor and to take care of him and deal with him it was easier to deal with a human, woman that was exposed to human trafficking as what I am dealing with right now. It made no sense. And she keeps crying. And then she said this next thing. She said there was a boy in Mozambique and he received a lunch. And with this lunch, he would hold onto this lunch with all his possession. He would not let go of it. He held on with it with both hands because he had not eaten for three days. And I was trying to make just a connection in there. I was having a hard time following her, I believe, as was anybody else with these thousands of people. She still is not on stage. It's now an hour later. And then she's talking about a refrigerator. And she's saying, I prayed for two years for a refrigerator. And I finally got the fridge in Mozambique. And then we were told to relocate, and I had to let go of the refrigerator. And I even prayed this morning, Lord, what was this fridge all about? And the Lord just gave it to me. It was about letting go and letting God. 
And this went on and on and on. There is a lot more in the next section. I want to tell you what happened to me that will help you, that will give you the answer, that will tell you how to get no longer numb. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Bar TV. The stories we bring, the problems we show, the solutions we present are real. They are raw and they are authentic. The stories we share are with real people. Are you struggling? Or do you know someone that has problems? We want you to know that you are not alone. Many can relate. Are you afraid? God wants to give you peace. Do you feel unloved? Know that God loves you. God wants to give you love, peace, joy, and hope. It's all about the real deal. Barb TV wants to share with you its resources, answers, and hope. It is time to not live in a mediocre life, but for you to step into your full potential. God has great plans for you. We have great answers, resources, and hope. BarbTV.org or 855-515-5550. So Heidi is still on her knees. She's still facing the stage. Now she is crawling onto the stage, pulling onto the podium and holding on. And we're all like, what is going on? And she's talking about this boy, this boy that had a lunch, like I just told you just a minute ago. And as she's talking now about the little boy that Jesus, his lunch was received and was given to Jesus, the two fish and the five bread. Here's a little boy thousands and thousands and thousands of people that need to be fed but the little boy has two fish and five bread and he gave up his lunch for Jesus and Jesus took what he had and multiplied it 5,000 fold plus children plus women and it was huge and she kept saying I'm not qualified I'm not qualified to be here I'm not qualified and then she knew she was qualified by the blood of the lamb it was the strangest message ever. This was a, a whole evening of four hours long. And at the end, she collapses on the side of stage. And there was nothing else for her to give. We all go home. I sleep in that hotel. And the next morning, I drive in the pouring, pouring rain. And again, I say to the Lord, Lord, what happened last night? What happened? It was the longest evening with the shortest sermon. What took place? Why can I not cry out to you? Show me, and then I got it. Because Heidi prayed and pleaded with God for the people to cry out to him because she had a church that was filled with people that were comfortable where they were at, but not really trying to grow and step out in faith. They were not willing to give more. They were not willing to give all. And I said, oh, Lord, me, me, I am numb, Lord, I am numb. I don't know how to cry. And it says, you will listen to me when I know how to cry. Show me what's holding me back. And that evening when I was asleep is somewhere in Thurlock in California, and in the middle of the night, I see all these flashbacks that come out of nowhere. You know why? Because when you start crying out to God for help, when you know there is something wrong with you, He is going to show you what is holding you back and what to give the breakthrough and what to do next. 
And next what I saw was just these flashbacks. The Lord showed me when I stopped crying. He showed me when I was rejected by, by my family. He showed me when I was rejected at school. He showed me when I was rejected over and over and over again, sometimes by my own feelings, but other times by what was going on. And while I was receiving all that information, I took it in. And then there was a still shot. It was black and white. It was a bold man staring at me. It didn't move. There was no movement. It was just a still shot. Why? Because I was numb. And I asked the Lord, what was that? And the Lord showed me it was the spirit of rejection. And then I realized what really was going on. Why I was not able to cry. Why you are not able to cry. Because all the rejections over and over and over again, even in three denominational churches, I was told I was too happy. I was told I was too excited. I was told I was too passionate. I was told I had a website. I had a book. I have a TV show. What was wrong with me? I was told all these things. In three churches, I was told I was too happy. I was biblical correct, but they didn't like it. And after that, I started crying. And I walked into the mountains, crying out to God, confused, struggling, not understanding. And that day, I made a huge mistake. I numbed myself, and I told myself, I will never cry again. It changed everything. So while the Lord wanted to say, I teach you how to cry out to me, I had allowed all the rejections all, all the time in my life to harden my heart and to make a disconnect for me not to get hurt again. And my friend, I believe that most of the people in the church, most in the people on the street, and most of the people that call themselves Christians, including me, are in this spot right now. What happens when you numb yourself? You separate yourself to have giving up the lunchbox to God. It is time to break that off. And I said, God, I don't want this. I no longer want to see that it's about me. I no longer want to feel numb. I want to cry out to you and turn that around, but I don't know how to do that. How do I break the numbness of the pain of the past? I forgave those people. I let it go. I no longer wanted to be there, but I don't know how to break it off. And the moment I surrendered and I cried out to God, it was like, God. Something flipped and changed in my heart. Something soft and hard that I now no longer was looking at what was not to be yet. But I saw people. I saw their needs. I saw their pains. I saw their cries, and I started crying. I said, no, 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 my mascara, don't mess up. It was a whole different ballgame. But it flipped something, and this is what I want to give to you today. I want to show you how to break off the aftermath and the results of rejection so you can get in alignment here and here to get in alignment with God, to turn it all around. And I want to read with you through Psalm 77. And this is what it says. My voice rises to God and I will cry loud. 
My voice rises to God. He will hear me. That is that right there. This is the offer that you have to start with. The surrender that you have to give. The way that you have to turn it around. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. In the night, my hand was stretched out without weariness. My soul refused to be comforted. When I remember God, then I am disturbed. When I sigh, then my spirit grows faint. I did not even I ha- know I had all those, and neither do you. I've, you've held my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I cannot cry. I have considered the days of old, the years of long ago. Wow. It starts there, doesn't it? Where is it that you have been rejected and chose not to get hurt again? Where is it that you have struggled and you say, I don't want this again? Where is it that it could be different? Stay tuned. The answer is next. Peace is beautiful. However, finding peace is not always easy. But the result when you get there is life-changing. Are you ready to dream bigger, pray bigger, believe bigger, and live bigger? If you want to break free from dull Christianity, and transform to a vibrant, active believer. What are you waiting for? Dare to Believe Big teaches you to believe like never before. It is time to grow, evolve, and expand. Discover four words that can transform your life. Are you ready to build a relationship with God? God has incredible plans for you. It is an exciting opportunity and you can live each day with a high expectation of what God will do next. Don't wait any longer and sign up for your new free membership. Sign up now and get a free gift at daretobelievebig.com. So what is it that you can do to make your life better? What is it that you can change to stop the numbness in your life that we see on the news, that we see everywhere, that we choose to distance ourselves from? Here's the answer, Psalm 77, starting at verse 6. I will remember my song in the night, remember. I will meditate with my heart, meditate. And my spirit ponders. When we look at the negativity and the passivity and the struggles in life, we meditate on the wrong thing. But here it says, I will meditate with my heart and my spirit ponders. These thoughts come in because of the numbness and the state that we're at. Will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never be favorable again? Has his loving kindness ceased forever? Has his promise come to an ever forever to an end? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Or has he in anger withdrawn his compassion? Why am I numb? Why can I not cry? Then I said, it's my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. How do you change that? What is it that you need to buy into to turn that around? And here we go. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Focus on what God has already done, which is a prophetic word because he wants to do it again for you over and over and over again surely i will remember your wonders of old what has the lord done in the bible and what is he has he done for you what has he done for people before you i will meditate on all your work not on numbness not on rejection not on what goes wrong but on what god wants to do and muse on your deeds your way O oh god is holy 
What God is great like our God testimony. He will do it again. You are the God of wonders who works. You have made known your strength among the people. You have by your power redeemed your people. Wow. Did you catch this? God has done it before. He wants to do it again. And he wants to use you. He wants to do it over and over and over again. And the amazing thing is when we give up our rights to feeling numb for not wanting to get hurt again, when we give that last lunchbox, that last thing that we have, and we give it over to God, we are able to meditate. We are able to cry. We are able to see. And this point, my friends, you will be able to have breakthrough and to start changing lives for he that is in you who wants to do a bigger work inside of you than he who is in the world. When you catch this, it changes everything. It even talks about Jesus talking about Jerusalem. Jesus caught this. It says in Luke 20, verse 31, 41, when he approached Jerusalem, why everything is great during the triumphal entry, right into Jerusalem, right before the crucifixion. He says, when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept. That's how important it is. It says again with Lazarus, who had died. I'm going to have to find that for a second. And it says it again. I'm not sure where it's at right now, but we'll just go without it. And he said when he went there and he saw the people grieving and hurting, Jesus says, he was right there, he wept. Jesus wept. Jesus understands this. Guess who was more rejected than anybody else? Jesus. He knew how to cry. He knew how not to take it personal. And you look at me right now as he says, Barb, well, that's great. So what I'm asking you to do right now, if you have struggled with this numbness, if you have struggled with this emotion, if you have struggled by not being able to cry, I'm asking you right now, my friend, I want you to stand up. I want you to put a heart, hand over your heart. Because I kept touching my heart over and over and over again. Because I wanted it so badly. I said, God, open it up. Break it away. Show me how to get free from this numbness. And he did. And after he showed me, my friend, guess what happened? And don't sit down right now. Stay right there. Put your hands on your heart. And he showed me the next day. There was again the still shot in the middle of the night. But this time, the eyes flipped over and looked at me with anger. It wanted to come back. The numbness wanted to come back. Rejection tried to come back. And then a day later, now in day three, there's a man looking just like the still shot pictures in black and white that I saw that walked his dog yesterday and walked right across my driveway. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not coming back. I'm not letting go of this. I'm not letting go of that. I'm choosing. While I got home, after all that the Lord had shown me, I dealt with rejection, frustration, and difficult situations seven days over 
over and over again. And I got beat up and hit over and over again. And I had to cry out to God, no, I'm going to stay. So right now, my friend, that's you. And I'm asking you right now, are you ready to repent? Because I asked God, what is it that I need to let go of the rejection part to be able to let numbness go? And the Lord showed me that it is an inner healing. And each flashback that he showed me of my childhood as an adult, I repented all over again. I forgave family. I forgave churches. I forgave anything that Holy Spirit showed me that the devil tried to bring to my mind to stop me. I repented by the blood of the Lamb. I let it go. I ask you now, my friend, all you have to do is an inner healing. So repeat this after me. Lord God, I have sinned. I have held on to the aftermath of rejection. I have become numb to set up a wall to no longer get hurt again. I give that and I break the wall and I let it go right now. And I'm seeing this wall being shattered right now, my friends, in, in hundreds of homes. I repeat right now, I let it go in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to come to you. Accept me for who I am, a slave to numbness, a slave to rejection, and a slave to not getting hurt again. I give it all to you, and I repent. Set me free. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for the pain that I've dealt with. And that no shame and no guilt is needed for the loss that is right there. In Jesus' name. God longs to have you whole. God longs to have you free. And Lord, I pray for these people right now. I command the spirit of suicide to get away right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray for freedom. I pray for anointing and oil to pour over all these people. And I pray right now for full deliverance. Thank you, Jesus, for just taking care of it. If you want to call us and if you want to connect with us, will you please call us? 855-515-5550 or go to barbtv.org. And I, my prayer has been for you to be able to cry out to God, to no longer be none, and to know that God is bigger than the pain you've been holding on to all your life. God loves you, and so do I. You're going to be different. But then I read the heart of the Lord in it, and it was all really that God, this big partier, was doing it for the people, was doing it for relationships, was doing it to connect and to work together. Are exactly that, they're the feasts of the Lord. They're not like the Jewish feasts, they're not these um, there's not these feasts that had like this time limit, and in that chapter... ...thing on what Jesus has done, and you're reflecting on what Jesus is going to do. Absolutely. And by doing it that Absolutely. way, you end up, end up actually more connecting with the Lord, and He's preparing you for what's coming. Absolutely.